0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the Kickabout. Chelsea's England stars shine bright. Everton lose at home again, and Man United are embarrassed by Liverpool. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Fran. (sighs) And I'm (laughs) Dan. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode number fifty-nine of the Kickabout, and we welcome Fran back to the show. Yay! Are you happy to be back? You've missed a few recently. I have missed
1: Mm. a few recently. What was that on this one? (laughs) It's not like I'm part of the quiz. I just write it. I'm not the one losing.
0: Oh, thank you. 6-4, did you, did you hear? I it?
1: did. I said to him today, how did the quiz go?
0: Not great. It wasn't great either way. You rubbish at the squad numbers last mm-hmm. week and then... Cole, you keep digging that out, don't you? Oh, you yeah. should know more about your club, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so, um, I can't remember if we... Did we do a, a Premier League update last week? A fancy league update? Yeah, we did. We did. It um dropped this week. Yeah, we'll do another one, because we've, we've, uh, we've, there's been a high-scoring week this week, wasn't mm. there? So, uh, Ryan Davis yeah. is now top of the pile after a 107-point week uh, for him. Uh, it's been... Must yeah, not very
2: often you get 87 points and move down a place no it? it's not um, <laughs> he's been
0: slightly catching for a little while but I mean he, he's captain salaries had Smith Rowe in there mm. Martínez um,
2: got 10 points
0: yeah uh, Creswell uh, how did Martínez get 10 points because he made
2: like loads of saves and he saved a penalty as well
0: ah okay I was going to say, because he three goals and he still uh, got 10 yeah. points. Um, so, yeah, 107 points for him. But, I mean, I had five points after Saturday. Mm. So, I've ended up with 88, one more than you. So, I'm very happy with that, how that turned mm. out. Um, so, yeah, but it's still pretty tight. I mean, um, Dan, you are, what's that, 18 points or 19 points behind. And then it's still very close in the top sort of uh, probably 10, no, probably top eight positions where it's, there's only about 50 points separating second down to eighth. So it's still pretty tight. It's still all to play for. Um, I don't know. Where's Where's Josh? Can we have a look at where Josh is? Has he climbed at all? I'm trying to find his name. There's a lot of unfamiliar areas. Is, yeah. 25th, he's gone down. Only, only Just under Will. Points. Just under Will, yeah. So, excellent. Right, okay. Uh, We won't do um, a Patreon update this week because we talk about it every week. So, we'll give you a week off from hearing about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I guess we'll get straight into this. Down the stack, man.
2: So, all of Antonio's Premier League goals have been scored from inside the penalty area with only two players managing more goals in the competition, with 100% of them coming from inside the box.
0: Fairly certain I know this one as well. I didn't see this stat, mm. but I've heard it flouted around before. I definitely know one of them. Okay. Um, the second one... I'll, I'll take a stab out. I think I know who the second one. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, you'll be happy to know Dan, that we're not going to talk about May night first, Good, <laughs> but we will talk about them in a second. Um, we're going to start <laughs> off uh, at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea against Norwich, a, a class performance from Chelsea mirrored by the horrific performance from Norwich.
3: Mm. Um,
0: but we'll start with Chelsea. There's, there's, there's a lot to pick from this performance, really. I mean, seven goals all scored by English academy graduates, even the uh, the own goal was scored by an English player on, uh, yeah. on Norwich's side. And they did all of this without Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner. So, you know, there's a lot of stories before the game appreciate that they were playing Norwich. But there was a few question marks about, well, who's going to get the goals then if Werner and Lukaku aren't around? Hmm. Um, or maybe maybe we just put Lukaku in that in right, yeah, Not necessarily Werner. <laughs> Although, a lot
1: of love for Timo, but just throwing
0: that out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Thoughts on this performance then? How did you rate uh, Mason Mount, for example?
1: Well, they smashed it, didn't they, really?
2: Yeah, they did smash it. Yeah. Um... I think they just all worked as, like, what, like an engine, to be honest. They all just seemed to flow with each other.
1: It's a bit like um, a training match for them, though. Yeah. It?
2: and But, I mean, all the goals were, like, well-worked goals. My favourite, to be honest, was probably Rhys James. Like, yeah. For a right-back to just dink it over the goalkeeper. Oh, okay. If, a, if a
0: striker scores that goal, you are lauding him with yeah. all the praise you can yeah. think yeah. of.
3: Rishan.
0: For a right-back to do that is quite incredible. Quite especially quite an angle. As, yeah, it was. That's the thing. He wasn't, like, straight on. He was quite out wide yeah. as he was coming he in on that. Bloop. Um, I mean the fact that Rhys James looks so impressive they did a piece on him on match of the day as well where Mm. they showed his overall game his defensive ability his touch general composure and he did all of this of course in front of Southgate who was in the stands oh Um, great timing (laughs) it's like he knew
1: beautiful
0: and with the World Cup round the corner you know, Kyle Walker's not getting any younger, even though he probably is still, you would think, Southgate's well, preferred.
1: Well, to be fair, Southgate's
0: pretty much got half his bloody England squad there, not he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has. Um, So, yeah, Kyle Walker is still probably the preferred right back. Mm. We're not sure what he thinks of Trent these days, because obviously he did leave him out briefly. Didn't go to the Euros, obviously, with the injury. But we don't really know what Southgate really thinks of Trent and whether mm-hmm. he wants him as a starter. Kieran Trippier... Is used sparingly, often at left back, and he's obviously not getting any younger either. Mm. So that really only leaves um, Kyle Walker and and Rhys James <laughs> for that right right back berth. So, mm. but on current form, I mean, if Rhys James keeps playing like this, he's going to be hard to be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who would you have if you had the choice, Ryan Persieker? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I don't know because I personally, if I was playing, I would have Rhys James. Or is, it gonna, is it gonna is
0: it going is it gonna depend on the opposition?
2: It does depend on the opposition because, mm. I mean, if I were to say, if I were to be playing attacking football, a bit like if I was obviously play like the Liverpool way, I would go with Trent because he does almost play as a winger, um, and Reece James is very similar, um, which is why he's a great wing back. Whereas if you're playing a bit more defensive, you want someone like Carl Walker that plays more of a defensive right back, the same as Wan-Bissaka. Yeah. So I think it does depend what sort of...
0: uh, But I mean, again, I know they were only playing Norwich and they were very poor, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but he has looked very composed defensively as well. I mean, Chelsea are not conceding many goals at Mm. all. Mm. Um, So, and I I guess, you know, we always call as England fans, we always talk about wanting England to be a bit more expressive, a bit more attacking. Mm. So in that case you know, if Reese James can still do a good job defensively, you know, whether he's as good as Kyle Walker, you know, maybe, maybe not, but going forwards for Chelsea, at least he, there's no, there's only two players in the Chelsea squad who've got more goal involvements this season mm. than Reese James. And that's Mason Mount and, and Kovacic. So he clearly, you know, he can get involved. He's obviously got that end product, which, you know, Wan-Bissaka, for example, doesn't really have. Yeah. Um, Kyle Walker doesn't really have it either. That mm. only really Trent, Trent's the only one comparable at it right back for that end product. So yeah, I think I would be tempted to have Reese James. It'd be interesting to see what Southgate does now over the next little while as we build up to the World Cup.
2: Yeah, I think he'll um he'll be involved. But I think um I feel like Southgate has his favourites, to be honest. He likes Carl. Yeah, and I feel like like Carl Walker, Trippier I feel like they're in that favourite category, which is why they always seem to get caught Maybe,
1: right? it's, But also, maybe it's just because they're a bit older and they're probably good.
2: Yeah, obviously them. the experience is good. The tournament experience, yeah. Because
1: yeah. everyone else is pretty young.
2: And Kyle Walker's still very reliable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, especially, still, especially for England. Yeah, and he still gets in the City team and plays week in, week out, so yeah. Pep mm-hmm. trusts him. The good thing is, I
0: suppose, with, with Maurice James, is that he is still very young. Yeah. yeah with Kyle Walker time. and Chippia, if this is their last major tournament, for example... Then, oh, Reece, then then Reese James and Trent, you know, then become your, uh, your two You're vying for that well. right back going forward. Um, I mean, obviously it was a completely just dominant performance. It's one of the most dominating performances I've seen. Um, as you said, Fran, it was a bit like a training session at times, the way they were mm. knocking the ball around and just carving um, Norwich Open where there was a couple of times where just... The amount of time Chelsea had on the ball. I mean, yeah. you just can't give a team like Chelsea that sort of time on the mm. ball, regardless of whether they're missing Werner and Lukaku. They've still got Mount Kovacic, Hudson, Adoi. You know, they, these are still quality, quality yeah. players.
1: I do think they might win the league. You know,
0: what Norwich? <laughs> well, yeah,
1: obviously
2: Chelsea. Chelsea, um, yeah, I think they'll definitely be up there. I couldn't, to be honest, I couldn't call it at the moment with no. Liverpool, Chelsea, City. No, I think it's. I'm really hope it's going to be a, a tight race and. I hope we will be there, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's uh, uh, very um, yeah. well. If you sack Solskjaer and get somebody else in, maybe. But... Yeah,
2: but I mean, uh, if it'd be nice if there's a, a three horse
0: race going right to the end. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. But it does, it's further evidence of just what an amazing job Tuchel has done there because. You know, you can only beat what's in front of you. And it would be very easy when you're playing against a side like that to kind of get three goals ahead and just Mm. kind of cruise. Mm. You know, in a sense, a bit like what Liverpool did against United, got five up and sort of settled for it, which is a crazy thing to say. But Chelsea just kept going and kept going. And if it wasn't for Tim Krull, um, it could easily have been double figures. I
2: I think he's done really well with his um, rotation as well. I mean, obviously, Marcus Alonso started at that left wing back. And to be honest, he did nothing wrong no. so far to be out of the team. But Ben Chilwell's come in and...
1: Can we talk about Ben Chilwell for <laughs> a minute? Four, four goals in four games. Yeah.
2: Um, right. And has obviously come in and almost raised the level somehow. Yeah. Um, on the right, as Azpilicueta's been filling in at wing-back when Rhys James has been injured. they got Chalabur S- still. Centre-back, Chalabur's been coming in. Um, he even put Malang Sar in there the other day. They've all just been rotating in and out.
1: As for the player, too, it's pretty unreal for his age.
0: Yeah, he's he's very underrated actually. He's he so underrated. Un- he's yeah, he's he reminds me in terms of sort of his status within Chelsea of Claude Makélélé mm. that he just goes about does his job, does the ninety minutes. You know, I mean, there aren't many players that you can say you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get seven out of ten out of him every single week. Mm. Kante is probably one. Azpilicueta is definitely another. Mm. And to have those sorts of players in your team that you can literally rely on and guarantee that you'll get a good performance and good work rate every, every single week, regardless yeah. of result, that's huge for a, mm. for a team, especially for a team that wants to win win trophies, yeah. mm. I think one of um, Chelsea's best players this season has been Rudiger as well. What
2: a d- defender he's suddenly turned into! And <laughs> he t- he he sort of joins the strikers a lot of the time. The amount of runs I see him going on, and he's having shots from like outside the area. He and, right know, he's like, like a okay.
0: better David Luiz. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. It just, he, unlike David Luiz, Rudiger can actually defend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, the, the partnership with him, Thiago Silva, Christensen's come in and done a job yeah. as well. Um, and uh, again, we'll talk about Liverpool, Man United in, in, a, in a moment, but. When Liverpool players when they change their team up, it's like everyone knows their jobs. So they've got players of the same sort of mold of the mm. same mindset. So that when they make changes, like when they brought in Canate, when they brought in um, uh, that I think for I can't remember if fabinho was actually injured or whether he was just dropped. Was Obviously dropped. they took uh, Mane out for for Jota, and mm. you would never know that that was in theory a weaker team based on what they've been playing mm. recently. Uh, in you know a different team, perhaps it's a better way of putting it. Um, but everyone just comes in and they know their job. They know everyone around them, and they get on with it. And it's the same with Chelsea. Right? Mm. They, Tuchel could almost pick any team. Well, even Hudson Odoi has been playing at like yeah. left wing back, hasn't he? And he hasn't really been playing a great yeah. deal. He's had a few sub appearances. Loftus Cheek and Ross Barkley yeah. suddenly come into the side yeah. out of the cold, and they've been performing. But
2: they just they you can see they all they all believe in the manager. They all believe in the the system they're playing. Yeah, and they're all like I said, it's it's literally just like an engine going through the motions. Um and they they're all just flowing together and mm. I can't think of one bad game I've seen of Chelsea other than maybe that Man City game where they I think they were just a bit too
0: restricted. I think Tuchel had obviously seen what tactics had worked in the past and he was trying it again. Yeah. Um, and it didn't work mm. on that occasion. But I mean, given the success that he's brought to Chelsea in such a short space space of time, I think you can afford him one one off day. Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah, massive props to them. Um. In contrast, I mean, Norwich, I mean, it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's pathetic. I don't understand how, and we were talking about this on the car, weren't we, on the mm-hmm. way home from Brands Hatch yesterday. Um, when, other, when teams come up, especially ones that win the league, they come up, they should be full of confidence, full of um, you know excitement to go and do what they've been doing in the Premier League. And yet Norwich, time after time, just stink up the place, frankly.
2: Yeah, and you, you, they've been up enough times now you'd thought they'd have maybe learnt their lessons and sort of figured out a way of not going straight back down again. But
0: Well, especially if Daniel Farker was the manager the last time they were in the Premier League. Yeah. He, he knows, he's got first-hand experience. I mean, you think
2: Sheffield United came up and they obviously did amazing that first season. The second season, it crumbled away. But, I mean, Brentford, this is their first yeah. sort of time up. And Leeds. They're smashing it. Watford Leeds are doing okay. It. Yeah, but for some reason, Norwich just can't seem to get a grip of the Premier
0: League. No. I mean, I do think that their squad is lacking... But what if you've got a squad that's not quite up to it, I mean, Sheffield United are a prime example of that. Mm. If you've got a squad that's not up to it, you've got to make up for the deficit in ability by work rate. Mm. And then you're, we're not getting that at Norwich at the moment. I mean, Josh Sargent, Josh uh, they brought him in from Werder Bremen, I think it yeah. was, in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this guy's 15 years younger than Thiago Silva. And Tiago Silva outpaced him yeah. comfortably mm. to, to one of the balls. And his overall work rate... Um, that uh, was highlighted once or twice a match today, I think, just sort of epitomize everything about Norwich in terms of sort of that jogging around, arms up in the air, sort of looking for other people to do things and sort of passing the buck, if you like. Yeah. Um, and again, you do that against a team like Chelsea, that's, this is what's going to happen. So, I mean, do you see any way of Norwich, especially under Daniel Farker, do you see any way of things improving and then pulling themselves up to somewhere near safety? No. no. Not a chance. No, yeah. I, I, I mean, we're not even in November, and we're already condemning Norwich to relegation. Yeah,
3: hundred
0: yeah. percent. Yeah, I it's... just, don't, I've not seen.
2: You know, if if I'd sort of seen their games and think they were unlucky in that game, or you know, if they'd have finished that chance, it would have been a get bigger, different game. I've not seen any of that. No, the only points they've had, if I think, are from two nil nil draws, and yeah. they're the two games that they really needed points from. Yeah. Um... I just can't... Every team that goes and plays Norwich, I'm just wondering how many goals are going to be scored rather yeah. than what the score's going to be.
0: I mean, the, the numbers for Norwich really make for some grim reading. So their haul of just two goals this season is the uh, just the third time that a team has registered such a low return at this stage of the Premier League. Uh, joining Everton in 2005-2006 and Palace in twenty seven-eighteen, 18 which I would imagine was under De Boer, mm. was Frank De Boer. It's their joint heaviest defeat in their history. Um i mean the, the trend of being a yo-yo club i actually did some digging because i was quite intrigued just to sort of see how bad the numbers are if you look back at their history of being in the premier league um so if you include this seasons figure so the nine games they've played so far um so this is for seasons so the current season uh 2019 2015 and 2013 are the other teams are the other times they've been in the premier league so that's what four four in the last nine seasons that they've been in the premier league they've played 123 games in total uh they've won 22. Of those 123 drawn 24 and lost 77, that is a win rate of just 17 in percent the, in the four years they've been in the Premier League. Scored 83 goals at an average of 0.67 per game, which isn't far away from one goal every two games. And they've conceded 227 goals at the average of 1.85. It'd be interesting per game. to know
1: what their stats are then for the Champions League.
0: Championship, I mean, Championship sure. yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you could say, obviously, that you know the promoted teams are always going to have the lower end of these sorts of statistics, mm. um, which I think is, is a fair argument. But those numbers for so many seasons, that shows you that not one season, I think the only time they had a better season was the season before the 2013 one, I think it was 2011-2012 season, where they finished 11th. And then from that point onwards, that was under Chris Hewton, I believe. That From, there, from then onwards, it's just been a tale of up and down, yeah. up and down, up and down. I mean, do we hit the point now we just ban them from being promoted <laughs> just because they're so shit? We just don't let them in until they can prove they're good enough. <laughs> it's weird because they, they do smash the championship. I
1: it's it's a- mean, that's what it would be interesting to mm. see what their stats are like because they do do a good
0: job. I mean, we've heard of players being championship players. Yeah. I've heard of managers even being more suited mm. to the championship. But an entire club, a whole club. <laughs> is, is an odd one. But that's how it seems, right? Because mm. every time they go down, and it is quite something to continually come up, get battered every week, relegated back down with a with a real whimper, and then be able to raise your levels again to come back up. Yeah. So that's that's quite impressive in itself. But yeah. surely they've got to, you know, make a better stab of this at some point. I mean this is again out of hand. They can't keep bouncing up.
2: No. Um, do you know what their next fixtures are at all? Uh,
0: I haven't looked. I mean, they've played all of the uh, the big guys, right? So I don't know whether it's going to be teams that they need to win. Uh, let's just uh, bring it up here. Give me two moments. Uh, we're we? Norwich and fixtures. So they got next up is Leeds, mm-hmm. then Brentford, Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle. So they're five games. Oh, they meanable. need to be
2: getting points out of all of them, really.
0: I would say minimum, realistically, three wins, as a minimum. Yeah. We're
1: going to December, quick?
0: Uh, December is Spurs, United, Villa, <laughs> yeah. West Ham, Arsenal. Yeah. So and
2: Palace. They
1: need to be picking up points in there. Yeah, right? they
2: need to be getting a point, at least a point, out of every single one of
0: those games. Yeah, um, I mean, we we spoke briefly last season about Sheffield United and about the lowest ever points mm-hmm. tally, which I think is Derby. I think it's. 17? Yeah. I can't remember whether he put the lowest points down he is. But Sheffield United got dangerously close to breaking that record. Mm. Norwich looked like they're thinking of uh, having having a go go at it as well. They won't find a better time to play Leeds at the moment as well. Yeah. And it's at Norwich. Mm. Um, So that's a huge game. Brentford, they're going to... I mean... Stranger things have happened, of course, but you would yeah. say on current form, Brentford, that should be a walkover for them. Have got free home? Oh, no, sorry, like um, the Brentford ones Southampton are very hit and miss at the moment. Yeah. Not really picking up too many wins, but they're not playing too bad. Wolves are on the up. That's going to be very tricky. They're, they're doing well. Mm. Uh, and Newcastle who knows where they're gonna be Yeah, you know yeah. with a new manager on the 30th of November Tottenham shit so that's fine. Yeah, three points <laughs> of Norwich there yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um do, I mean are you surprised that Daniel Farker is still in charge with nine games in things are looking pretty bleak um,
2: he's been there a long time, hasn't he um, I think I don't think I think he's running out of time mm. that's for certain
0: I mean Norwich. Obviously, had, they'd been pretty loyal to him. They didn't sack him last time in the Premier League and he rewarded them by getting them straight back up again.
2: They did do a lot better last time. I mean, they started with like a win against City, didn't mm-hmm. they? team
0: um, Poky was on fire.
2: Yeah. I, I, I don't think their form started to drop until maybe like a third or halfway through the season because I think they did actually start very well. I mean, they only just lost to Liverpool in the first game of the season, mm-hmm. if I remember rightly. Um, whereas this season... They've looked down and out since that first game against Liverpool, I think it was. So
0: Yeah, not good. Um, we should obviously keep an eye on things with them, but I think that if the if the Norwich owners have any kind of ambition of staying in the Premier League, then they, I think they're going to have to make a change. If they don't make a change, and that shows you that they're fairly comfortable with the sort of up and down nature, maybe they're happy with the parachute payments that they get
4: from mm. the Premier
0: League for yeah. getting down. Wow. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe they're the only team in the country where the players bonuses are based on being relegated rather than staying up so right okay uh, well joy of joys we've arrived at Man United v Liverpool Dan let's fly through this Uh, 1955 that is the last time that Man United conceded five goals without reply and Mo Salah is now the first player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford in the Premier League era now, Paul Paul Scholes, who's also been in the news mm. for his uh, toe-sucking, which is... Yeah. Did you see the picture? Yeah, I sent it to Oh, it was I? you that sent yeah, it to yeah, me, yeah. yeah. Bit bit weird. <laughs> um, however, he probably is quite happy the Man United have stunk up the place because it takes attention away from him a little bit. Mm. But he did actually say on BT during the week after the Atalanta game, where you came back and won 3-2, he said, play like that against Liverpool and see what happens. Mm. And he's been proved right. I mean, it was not good. Not good at all. no. Well, I
2: mean, Klopp made changes to suit playing against us. Um, I mean, he he obviously brought he said he brought Jota in for Mane because he felt there was something that Jota could exploit. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but it obviously worked. Um, And he actually took Matip out and brought Canate in, which at the time I thought was interesting. But it's because Canate's faster, Mm -hmm. and he knew that United were just going to play that. Hit the ball over the top and run onto it. Football and um, has got the pace to keep up with the likes of well, mm. not the pace to keep up with Russia, but he's got more pace than Matip does, obviously. Yeah, um, so Klopp changed his players to counter attack United.
1: Is that what a manager... isn't that what? I yeah, that's
2: what great know? managers do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's me complimenting him,
1: not Ollie though.
2: Whereas Ollie, I literally. Chris said to me, "What do you reckon the lineup will be?" And I literally named every player, word for word, in every position.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, it was a tactically inept performance. There was just defensive mistakes everywhere. Also, the subs um, he
1: brought on. The yeah, subs.
0: yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> blew my mind.
0: You're playing Liverpool, and then you're
2: talking about damage limitations. Like, we're Manchester United. We're not. No offense, but Norwich. Do you know what I mean? You don't bring on a right back for a winger to try and not
0: to concede any more goals. Yeah. Like. Who did um, Pogba come on for?
1: He got a red card.
0: No, no, who, oh, who did he get subbed on for? Greenwood. It? Was it Greenwood? Mm. See, that one really confused me because you're already 4-0 down. You're showing signs of not having the legs, defensively being awful. The last player you want to bring on at that moment is someone like Paul Pogba. Yeah. Also,
1: Greenwood, like, everyone was a bit shit, but Greenwood was all right. Yeah. yeah. And then Pogba gets fucking sent off.
0: But,
2: I mean, you know I said to you that... He, he reckoned he was playing four-two-four. 2 mm-hmm. I actually... I didn't see it against Atalanta. I saw it against Liverpool. Because if you watch the goals, nobody's tracking back on the... You've got Trent and Robertson getting forward. Mm. Rashford and Greenwood don't track back.
0: Yeah, they're yeah. literally standing on the halfway yeah. line with yeah. their arms up in the air. And yeah.
2: Bruno's stood up there as well. And you've got your front four. And then Luke Shaw's getting pulled into the, like the centre-back position... And Trent's got all the room in the world to be
0: putting these crosses in, and that happened for almost every goal. There was one, I can't remember which goal it was. I think it was, I'm going to say it was the second Salah goal, Mm. the one literally in injury time in the first half, um, where, again, the defence kind of got moved across, um, and then Salah was there on his own. And Rashford was not that far away, so at that point he Mm. had sort of sort of tracked back. I mean he was probably 10 yards outside the 18 yard box and he would have seen Salah there but he did not move. No. He did not move and muscle. Now you can say he's been told not to, which is a bad thing, but you surely got to take a little bit of responsibility there to say he must recognize yeah. that there's a I danger think they're there. All,
1: they're all like my opinion of them is they're all like little selfish, very individual players like they're happy if a striker is happy to be like oh well it's not my fault I'm a striker. And it always on. feels yeah. like there's no
0: fear of repercussion with them. A problem is as well. I you think you're
1: not going to be scared of Ollie, Well, that's what
0: I mean. Like, there's, mm. if this was not gonna Fergie or Klopp or Guardiola, scared, really. you know, if you turned in a performance of that nature, you know, you knew you were going to get, but you're going to get a pasted mm. in the changing room on the on the training ground. Yeah. You might get dropped for a few games. I don't believe there's any of that worry. Well, no, because you can't Solcher. drop the whole
1: fucking team. But the <laughs>
2: thing is as well, you know, if that if that was Klopp.
1: Can I just make one point? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what he tried to do though, by dropping Pogba? Because didn't Pogba come out on social media and say something last week, and then he
0: dropped him to the bench for this game?
2: No, you know? he dropped Pogba so he can fit McTominay and Fred in the back. I team.
0: don't. Uh, I must. Admit, I didn't see that myself. I mean, he has. Yeah,
2: Pogba come out and said that the. The style of play and stuff just isn't working. The and then same, he dropped yeah, into like the bench. This, that was, oh,
0: after was that the Atlanta game. Yeah, it was the yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, or the Leicester game, game. It was Leicester game, wasn't right. He yeah, gave yeah, the interview yeah. and said something yeah, needs yeah. to change. Yeah. We need yeah. to look at ourselves. But why would you drop Pogba for saying that when Solskjaer said exactly the same yeah. thing? I, I don't know.
2: That's just not why. It's because Rashford then was back from injury and Rashford obviously goes straight back into the team and he just loves McFred. I don't know why um and he has to fit McFred. But again McFred didn't track their runners. Um they were always running through. Um but I was going to say you know if that's Klopp and he's got Rashford and Greenwood not tracking back. He's on the touchline
1: Screaming. going
2: ape shit at yeah. them.
1: Ollie's just sat back and Ollie
2: Ollie and McKenna and Mike Feelin they are sat in their seats pointing at their laptop or their their iPad. I don't understand what the iPad is going to do to change that game?
0: No, there was one moment where I saw the camera on Solskjaer. I think you might have been three or three or four down at this point. Maybe it's in the second half, and he had a face like thunder. Um, one of the few times that I've genuinely seen him visibly quite angry. Um, but again, there was still no really real outpouring of emotion and or he anything like be that. Scared. And he, the one time you saw him, like it's like he wanted to say something, but he didn't know what to say. And you literally, the camera was on him. He had his hands in his pockets, and he was. Sort of shifting around as if he was looking for who to talk to, and then he just went, "Hey," and then that's all he said. It was just "Hey," and it was just sort of. I know it's managers, different styles, etc., but it just that just sort of epitomizes what you've been saying about the fact that he just he doesn't seem like a leader. No. Doesn't seem like someone who's going to motivate his team and drive them forward. I
2: don't think the players believe in the system. I think no. it, you know, it it can't be our system to go two 0 down every game. No, and. It, it, for me, it seems like we try to play the Ollie way. It doesn't work. We go a goal or two down, and the players say, "Right, this isn't working. We've got to do something here." Yeah, and they almost sort of, take control. Yeah, they almost take control and just play with freedom and play the way they want to play. Mm. And then you know, most of the time, we get back in the game against a team like Liverpool. We, we just couldn't do it. But we saw that against Atalanta. But I just, I don't, know, I just don't see any. Tactics other than Sunday League football under Ollie.
0: No. I mean, we said at the start of the season, I know the, the listeners are probably bored of us hearing rant about United. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we said at the start of the season with the squad that you've got, with the signings that you've made, that there was no real place to hide anymore because mm. the building phase you would argue is now at an end, with the exception of not buying a, a central defensive midfielder, which has once again proved a real sticking point for for everybody in football is to have why on earth they didn't sign one. There's been mm. a few rumors about whether or not Solskjaer has come to blows with their powers that be over the fact that they didn't sign one. But you never really linked with anyone heavily, were you? It was all it was all about Sancho. Yeah, it was it, about Varane. It, it was all Sancho and I mean how much has he played? Yeah. I mean, he and he can't it's almost like you can't play him in a side with Ronaldo mm. because it's just another player that won't really work defensively. Sancho's not a defensive player. No, but he's more defensive. He's
2: more of a midfielder than... I mean, Sancho, uh, Rashford and Greenwood are both strikers, to be honest. They yeah. want to be up there scoring goals. They're not... You know, what Ronaldo needs is someone like Sancho to be... Who's a creator. He yeah. needs someone who's going to be putting balls in the box. Whereas Rashford and Greenwood want to be scoring. that's why they're always shooting from like outside the area because they want to be scoring goals. Mm. So Ronaldo is pretty much null and void.
0: Yeah, and then I mean, defensively as well. I mean, there was a couple of and a couple of the goals were absolutely just embarrassing. The second the, the, one the, when Maguire just ran into Luke Shaw, I was just <laughs> uh, no. I mean, that was that was really poor. The first one, I mean, a lot of blame is being pinned on Maguire. For these goals, Mm. Um, and there uh, there were issues. I mean, as you said, Maguire and Shaw sort of running into each other. No one really taking control. Maguire being captain, you feel like he really needs to dominate their defense. But the first goal, I would argue, is Wan Bissaka's fault. Yeah, because he presses. He runs about twenty yards out of position to go and press him and he mm. doesn't need to, yeah. which means Maguire has to come across, which means that uh, Lindelof. sorry Lindelof has to come across, then Maguire has to come yeah. across, and then Shaw comes across, and that's how you end up with that massive overload yeah. that they scored the first goal from. Mm. Um, and because as we alluded to earlier, because the the height the wing back or the wingers are told not to come back, yeah. there's nobody there to cover on that outside of Shaw, and he's mm. left with two on two v one. Then you get the uh, the first Salah goal um, where Salah, I think, takes a shot from the edge of the area, yeah. gets blocked, falls to Cato, who's in a mile of space because, again, everyone's been attracted to the ball and there's no covering winger mm. to, to, on the outside of Shaw. But what really got me was the reaction time. Salah reacted immediately, and he had a good three or four yards to make up on Maguire mm. and Shaw, and he went past them like they weren't even there. By the time Harry Maguire and Shaw reacted, they were already a yard behind, and they were mm. never catching Salah by that point. So when you see these sorts of things, especially how Shaw has played in the Euros, just gone and Maguire in the Euros, I suppose the question I'm trying to get to is how much of those sorts of performances, and those sorts of mistakes, are Ollie's fault, and how much of that should be pinned on the player themselves. Yes, yeah,
2: the team, the team have to take their share of the blame. You know, it's not, it's not all like and. I think the backroom staff as well are to blame just as much as Ollie. So, you know, it's not all on Ollie, like the backroom stuff. Cause Ollie says that he doesn't do the training or anything like that. He just, he doesn't do the tactics. He just picks the team, which to me is a bit pointless. Like he literally just puts names. <laughs> sure. On he a must bit, have a say in it somewhere. Telling me he just puts names on a sheet of paper and makes the substitute. But well, to be fair, that's what, be looks, subs. <laughs> that's what it looks like half the time. But I mean, the, the whole club from top to bottom needs sorting out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the whole everybody's mates things, you know, like Darren Fletcher being the director of football and stuff like that. We need people in the club that know what they're doing and are actually good at their job. Not they used to play for the team. Therefore they'll do the job. Yeah. Um, And uh, talking about Maguire, I don't think he's captain material. No. I'd never see him shouting at anyone whenever, you know, something happens. He's stood there with his mouth wide open and I'm like, you're the captain. You're supposed to be rallying people and getting the team going. I never see anything. Who's Who
1: the captain for like Chelsea? Uh, as Who's captain for City?
2: Fernandinho Fernandinho playing, yeah um, De, Bruyne, De, Bruyne, De Bruyne yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Liverpool Van Dijk I think is it
0: yeah. oh, uh, Henderson, Henderson sorry and he- I've seen Henderson go mental yeah. Henderson I mean that's one of the reasons he's been so pivotal for England is that mm. even when he's not captain for England because obviously Harry Kane is Henderson is still barking orders probably more than Harry Kane does half yeah. the time yeah. Um, but yeah you're right and but I do wonder if you're not having Maguire as captain who do, who do you have I would have Bruno or Ronaldo
2: especially Ronaldo I mean Ronaldo is a leader we need a leader. Um, there's no leader on the bench. There's no leader on the team at the mo- uh, on the pitch at the moment, mm. and we're desperately missing that. And you know, like when we do start, or even De Gea. I mean, I see De Gea barking, yeah. and and he's been our best player so far this season. Like, the, <laughs> if I were to go through all our fixtures, there's only two games we deserve to win. Mm. One was against Leeds. I mean, Leeds play into our hands perfectly. Every time you play them. And the other one was against Newcastle, which was Ronaldo's first game. We won 4-1. Yeah. If you go through every other game, like Southampton, we were lucky. Uh, Wolves, we deserved to lose. Greenwood scored a screamer. Young Boys, we lost to. Villarreal, two... Um, individual moments got us the game. Atalanta two 0 down. Yeah. Somehow we won West, the game. West Ham, you needed that. West Ham, brilliant. scored in the Lengard. 90th minute. You knocked us out the cup. Yeah. Um, I could go on. And Everton, we drew with. They should have beaten us. Tom Davies passed the ball at the end when he should have shot. Um, Villa beat us. Two games so far this season. Yeah. I've got. I don't know how many we've played overall, but. Two games out of like fifteen.
0: Yeah, it's not good. And then to make to make matters worse, obviously you had the goal disallowed for offside, a very tight call, which was just sort of the the cherry on top of the cake, really. And then you've had
2: quickly with that goal, nobody seemed to care.
0: I no, think it was so. You know, there was, was like, no, no one argued. Everyone, yeah,
2: everyone was just like, oh, okay, whatever.
0: But speaking of Ronaldo, there were two there were two moments in the game, uh, sort of controversy moments. The one was the red card for Pogba. Any complaints on this nah, one? No. Stupid. See ya. Um, I've seen one person on a on a YouTube channel that I watch uh, from time to time that was giving it large about how it was never a red card and the game's dead. It's like he's jumped off the ground and lunged with two feet. He's not slid along the ground, no. so he's not in control. Yeah. I don't understand how he... And especially his cater was then stretched off afterwards. Uh, and then the other one was Ronaldo, this sort of petulant kick out with... Uh, Curtis Jones. Curtis Jones, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he had about three digs at him, didn't he? He had the one where he tried to wrap his leg around and then Mm. he had at least two, maybe even three kicks at him on the floor. The last one was extremely petulant and Mm. he clattered into his knee what do we think? Because to it's me... the a
1: dick, that's what I think. I mean,
0: yellow cards, I mean, that could have easily been a red, right? I think the ball was there to be won. <laughs>
1: no, if has <you're> been an absolute <laughs> arsehole, just chill out.
0: I mean, it was... That you're was being shit. Pure frustration boiling over for Ronaldo, nothing yeah. more than that. Well, be
1: better. Um, <laughs> How much money is he being paid? And that uh, being paid his whole life? And he's playing... Fucking losing to Liverpool.
0: I mean, I would argue that Ronaldo is not the main person to blame <laughs> for this. I for would, uh, yeah,
1: but they all are.
0: No that's true, you know win is a team losers a team yeah. but I mean let's let's talk about Ronaldo for a second. I mean, as we said, we saw the petulance and the frustration um I mean, I said at the start of the season when you signed Ronaldo, I wasn't sure because of you know the defensive frailties, et cetera, but I do wonder now if it's becoming even more obvious that regardless of the good that he brings, whether or not that the negative side of things is actually trumping that because you can't press you can't play a high press game when Ronaldo's playing you can do it when Cavani's Mm, playing but you can't do it with Ronaldo and when you've already got players behind him like Pogba like Fernandez, Rashford Greenwood you know players who aren't going to really put in I mean Rashford could do it he's got the work rate to do it Mm -hmm. um, but they're not necessarily going to put in the hard yards and you've got two defenders in front of your back four that can't defend it's not that they don't want to it's just that they can't they can't do it you know, it's a rest, it's another ingredient into an already completely imbalanced defensive unit, mm. um, and I don't know if oli has got the balls to drop him, and he may he may not be able to. It might be like a political thing. Well, internally,
2: he tried and he got shit for it, didn't he? Mm. And since then, uh, Ronaldo's played almost every minute. But
1: well, also Oli's not the kind of man. I feel like he just can't stand up for himself.
2: No, I don't think he like, can. I think
1: if like obviously, Klopp made all his changes at the weekend, and like lucky for him, it, it worked, but. Even if it didn't work, I feel like he could defend himself to high mm. heaven, and he'd actually back himself. I just don't think Oli could. Well, I
2: feel like when you get in, when you get a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, you build your team around him. Mm-hmm. You don't get him to fit into try, Yeah, try and adapt to your system, and you know if if we're playing Sunday League, knock it long to Rashford and Greenwood ball. Rashford, uh, like Ronaldo can't do that. He's not a pacey player anymore. Like, you can't just put him in that team and expect him to to do that. Like, you have to adapt to his game. Because if you play the way Ronaldo can play, he'll score goals. If you put the... You know, when Luke Shaw put that ball into him against Atalanta, if we did that more often, he would score goals every single game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's frustrating. I mean we've talked about the motivations behind the Ronaldo signing and whether actually Solskjaer one want, necessarily wanted him. Um, and we talked about obviously the impact that financially and commercially that Ronaldo brings and whether or not that that's the owner's kind of thing because the owners of seemingly only caring about top four, um, probably are not going to, I mean, there are rumors flying around tonight actually that I saw before you guys turned up that yeah, they're considering, it, they considering his position tonight. Um, I don't know whether that's just talk or whatever, because that's come out of a local newspaper <laughs> yeah. rather than anything else. Um, but there's no, t- I mean, so after the game, he talked about the cohesion. I didn't see any cohesion. I'm not. I'm seeing more and more problems now. He's done really well at being able to keep that cohesive unit together, to mm. keep the players happy, so to speak. But I begin, I'm, we're beginning to see frailties in that. I think. Uh, and just back to that point of Ronaldo. So um, a friend of ours actually made the journey all the way up from the south of England where we live um, up to United for a hospitality day and obviously witnessed a horrific performance but more to that he actually said he went into the club shop and outside of the fact that he was shocked at the lack of a variety in size it was either small or XL every single shirt had Ronaldo on the back of it mm. every single a home away shirt everything had Ronaldo on the back and i just wonder if that is just more evidence that points towards the reason behind this on ronaldo is because they wanted the commercial yeah. side that it would bring oh, everything sure. to do with the glazers
2: is all about marketing they don't they couldn't care less whether we won the league or not as long as we're finishing in champions league places and as long as we're bringing in the money that is all they care about like Well, i said to you yesterday about the whole super league thing you know Like, there was all that protest and Glazers out, and we even managed... Well, I see we. They even managed to get the Liverpool game stopped. Yeah. And then as soon as the transfer market opened, the Glazers opened their pockets up. They brought in Ronaldo, Sancho, Varane, three sort of world-class players, in my opinion. And... I've literally not heard a whisper nope. about Glazers out since.
0: No, no, not at all. Um, but I, I do, for Solskjaer's point of view, I wonder if the, despite the fact that he's never going to be sacked, and if all the one may not have to get in top four, um, performances like this, results like this, it's almost making it impossible not to sack him.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, I said this, this run of fixtures we've got is going to be very telling, because usually he'll go on a run of, you know, like this, and then... He'll win we'll a game and yeah. then it will sort of, you know, we'll have like a Norwich and a Brentford. Well, not Brentford, but we'll have like a, two Norwiches and uh, it'll turn it around and then we'll have a few draws and then a loss and it will just stumble along and yeah. somehow make it. Whereas the three teams above us, well, sorry, Chelsea, Liverpool, City have all really turned it up this year. Mm-hmm. So that fight for fourth place is going to be very, very tough. And Leicester have started to sort of regain. What they've been over the last couple of years. Arsenal are now back on track. Yeah, Spurs are
3: not a bit hand. like
2: us, stumbling. <laughs> West bit. Ham, are there or thereabouts. West are there Ham, there or thereabouts. There's five or six teams that are going for that four place spot yeah. and that are
0: ready and waiting. Yeah, They're not and we can't up.
2: we can't afford to be. I mean, what we've had fourteen points out of twenty seven. I
0: think yeah, nine games. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had one from our last twelve. That's really bad. Mm. I didn't realise the form was quite as bad as that. Yeah. Um. That's really that's really poor. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really telling when you talk about the, that that sort of form. And this was the first time you'd played a big club this season. Mm. Um. I think you've played. I'm trying to think. You've played, so you played. Leicester, you yeah. played West Ham. Yeah. Um. Is that it from that's the so called top so
2: called top gro- top group of teams? Yeah. Everton, we drew with Villa. We lost to.
0: No, um,
1: you've got
0: Spurs next week and then Spurs City. Spurs, then City. Spurs is, um, is that oh, mid-week? No. No, it's Saturday. Oh, it's next weekend, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and then the Man yeah. City game is the next home yeah, game, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Spurs is a, is a tricky one because... Mm. You you've don't, both been shit. So. They've both been pretty poor recently. You've both been struggling for four massively. So that is either going to be like a 5-0 or a 0-0, I think. To be honest, I think what's helped Solskjaer out is the fact
2: that we have had these Champions League games in between where we've managed to... Uh, Get a win against Villarreal. We've managed to somehow get a win against Atalanta.
0: But the thing is, but the manner in those victories, because it's been Ronaldo scoring those last minute yeah. winners. All the net, the positivity around those sort of character. You know, we come back from two nil down. Yeah. Has trumped the fact that well, no, you were two nil down in the yeah. first place, and you were playing like shit. Yeah. And again, you've needed these individual moments of brilliance to bow you out again. Yeah. So right we should talk briefly also about our fan comments so we did put out a post today to talk about um, is it time for Ollie to go I think most people are in general agreement apart from those who want the comedy to continue mm. um, and also about who potentially they could bring in although we didn't, people didn't really talk about who they could bring in mm. um, so Fran what, uh, what what sort of responses do we get for this most one? people
1: who are not United fans just said that they'd love him to stay <laughs> if I'm honest uh, Simon as a Liverpool fan I would love to see him stay they seem restless and reliant on individual flashes of brilliance to get them out of trouble. I'm not entirely sure what Ollie thinks they are close to. Even his interviews seem to be filled with generic and vanilla, meaningless answers. If the interviews mirror pre-game, pre oh my god, pre-game, pre-game, <laughs> and halftime talks, no wonder they are on the slide.
0: I would love to be a fly on the wall. In that, you know, like dressing room. I bet room. it's
1: just like, come on. I bet he's so monotonous.
0: Do, do you think he even does it? Do you think he relies on, like, his coaching staff? Do you think he relies on people like Ronaldo, the senior players, Maguire? Oh,
1: cool. But I can imagine Klopp and Pep, like, smacking the table, and, like, just mm. going nuts at them. I
0: agree
2: with what he says about him saying, because Oli said that we're so close. I don't know what we're so close, close to. to. We're, we're miles away now. Yeah. We're sat in seventh. We've got probably a better team now than we did under Alex Ferguson.
0: Mm-hmm. Player for player, yeah. Yeah, oh, right.
2: Um, I, d- I don't know what what we're close to. We're close to relegation at the moment.
0: I did hear um, somebody say that um, had United have waited before giving him the corner, when he was in temporary charge, and obviously he had an amazing run of results. Mm. Um, but even then, I don't think the performances were that brilliant. They were just the results were good. Yeah. If Maynard had waited until the end of the season and Solskjaer had had that dip after yeah, he signed the contract... almost
2: instantly it after was, he signed it.
0: Um, I wonder, you know, i obviously probably wouldn't have signed him. No. And you just wonder, if that, who else would they have got in? Where would United be? I know it's all hindsight, but where would they be now if they'd For brought me, in a, a more experienced since, manager? Since he
2: signed that contract, every game he's been trying to save his job, in my opinion. And that's why he plays such negative football with negative players is because he's you know it's
0: it's just trying to save his job there's like, always been this aura of he's one result away from the next yeah. round of big media pressure mm. hasn't there so he's constantly trying to get those results and every now and then something will happen He you, you know one game will click and you'll smash someone mm. and all of a sudden it's like right okay this is the man united way this everything's fine everything's good now and then a few games later it reverts yeah. back to type again so it does feel like we've been on this sort of massive circle for the last 3 years yeah um and frankly I just think he's hit the ceiling like he's he's got an amazing squad of players together you know hate him or love him he has got a good squad there now he stabilised the club in terms to, you know, if you think about all the crap that was Mourinho, mm. the feel-good factor has returned or, or had, maybe it's beginning to wane now. Yeah. Um, Which, again, is another reason for potentially getting rid of him now. You know, capitalise yeah. on what you've got right now. Bring somebody and you can now take it to that next yeah. level.
2: Yeah, take nothing away from him. He has done a a good job in terms of getting us back to where we should be and stabilising the club and bringing these players because the players he's brought in have been unreal yeah. like great signings and
0: you've still got close to winning trophies yeah you? you've been to a final uh,
2: yeah yeah got to a final got to quite a few semi-finals um, you know I know he loves the club and I know that he wants to do what's best for the club and I know he thinks he's the man that can take them forwards but you know he was a great player doesn't mean he's a great manager. I mean, yeah. I, I play football manager and I love Manchester United. It Doesn't mean I'd be able to win the Premier League. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's everybody has their ceiling, and there's clearly better managers like Klopp and Guardiola and. Socialize not t- doesn't uh,
0: hold a candle no. to any of them. No. So, uh, any any other uh, poignant comments come through, Fran?
1: Um, Robert said Southgate or Rogers will get them playing as a team.
0: Southgate, interesting. I would rather shoot myself in the head. <laughs> I think I think he's right. I think Southgate will get the team unit working better. Mm. I'm not sure he'll bring the tactics that United yeah, found. Football one, would be just as boring. <laughs> um... Brendan Rodgers
2: though. Brendan think? Rodgers, I would quite happily take. Yeah. Um, but if I were his agent, I would tell him to run a million miles away from a club like United at the moment. Yeah.
1: Um and. I mean, Joey just spoke about Chelsea, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well done, Joey. Chelsea smashing it. Um, Pete, uh, no Manchester United team loses 5-0. It's totally unacceptable. Ollie has been under pressure for far too long now. He has brought absolutely nothing to this club in management, Stop living in the past of being a club legend, get some proven success into the biggest club in the world. Conte, Rodgers or Zidane for me?
0: Yeah, I'm still not convinced on Zidane.
2: Yeah, and I'm not convinced on Conte. Um, I don't think it would suit the club in terms of the fact, same as maybe Zidane, I think the club will look for yes-men um, that they can say, oh, we want to sign Ronaldo because he'll make us money, whereas Conte would be like, Ronaldo doesn't fit my team.
0: Yeah, and arguably, if you look at the... the I know you spoke about this before, Conte's tactics would mean a quite a dynamic shift in what they currently have, yeah. which would also mean that the number of you know Manu and I do have an imbalance of attacking players they've got mm. too many frankly yeah. and Conte only plays he plays like the wing backs 5, wing-backs, three two, five three two. Yeah. so which means a number of those players are going to find themselves out on their out on their uh, uh, heels I mm. suspect So Right, okay, well, thank you very much, everyone, for that. Uh, We will now uh, quickly talk about uh, Liverpool because, um, you know, they were outstanding again. Mm. Um, They almost seemed to take pity on United uh, at the point they got to five. I mean, De Gea did make an amazing save from, uh, I think it was Trent Alexander-Arnold took one. He was Mm. sort of heading the top corner and De Gea tipped it over. But, I mean, Liverpool are now, to me, anyway, they're looking like the side of two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. you know, at the start of the season, obviously what happened last year, we weren't quite sure. But as each game goes on now, they're looking more and more like that team. Yeah. And I think that um, it's no longer... You know, Two weeks ago, I would have said, no, Chelsea are going to win the league for me. I just think they're that much stronger. Mm. But now, seeing City as well, and now Liverpool, I think this is going to be so, so tight. Yeah, and Salah's, Salah's in the form of his life. Ten, ten games, 14 goals, is it? Ten yeah. consecutive uh, games that he scored. Uh, and just to, to highlight Salah and how good he is and how good he's been, um, he is now the top scorer in the Premier League um, from African. somebody who's come from uh, an African country. Uh, he's got 107 goals, which tops Didier Drogba's 104. But Drogba took 254 games to get it. Mm. Mo has taken just 167. Almost 100 games less yeah. to get to the same total. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, so, I mean, is he is he and beginning a to... He's as well. Yeah, exactly. He's not even an out-and-out striker. Yeah. Um, is he beginning to creep into the conversation about greatest Premier League player do we think is he there yet um it's tough I don't know really I mean he's got to be I I guess you've got if we're putting Didier Drogba in the conversation you have to put salary. right yeah yeah yeah. um Mm
2: -hmm. yeah I guess so I don't I think maybe just because I don't know, I don't know, yeah. I can't, I can't think of a reason why not, to be honest. So, yeah. mm.
0: um, so, I mean, we talked earlier about the way in which these Liverpool players slot into their positions when they have to change. Um, Jordan Henderson, who's, you know, rumour are that Liverpool are not going to renew his contract at the end of this season, I think it is. Really? Um, of who, sorry? Jordan Henderson. Henderson. Oh, OK. Um, I think it's the end of this season, it runs there. It might be the season after, I'd have to check. Um, but yeah, the rumour was is that Liverpool were considering not doing anything, this performance, though, might change their mind because mm-hmm. he was absolutely outstanding in that midfield with Kater and Milner, um, and that pass for the fifth goal for Salah. I mean, if that was De Bruyne, if that was Bruno Fernandez, you know, we'd be purring over what a pass that yeah. was. I mean, it's Jordan Henderson. It's one of the passes of the season. Just yeah. bent it round yeah. uh, to absolute perfection. So. I mean when you when you look at those two midfields together, I mean Jordan Henderson, with the greatest respect to him, he's not the most technically gifted player ever. But that work ethic is what separates him and say McTominay, yeah. Fred. Yeah. Mm. Um so I do think that
1: would be signed with United.
0: I'd take him over McFred percent <laughs> I don't care if he's been at Liverpool. Yeah, I, it's just it's just so tricky to call this start race. Liverpool have just been so good and defensively they look so much better now they've got their players back. Van Dijk is Going under the radar, I think a little bit. You know, he was there was a lot of.
1: I think he's going under the radar just because Salah's taking all the plaudits. Yeah,
0: yeah, and maybe that, that's probably a good thing, right? You know, it allows those other players to play with a bit more freedom without, without exactly without the pressure. Mm. Um, Canate coming in looked pretty solid. Um, so mm. you know they've got they've got some strength in depth there that mm. we perhaps didn't think that they did have. Yeah.
1: Well, I think the other two teams, like City, we've always said they've got a crazy squad death. So I think the other two teams are just starting to match it now.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's quite as deep a city I no, but, but I don't it think is, it needs to be I don't better. think it needs to go to almost another 11 hmm. if you've got four or five on the bench hmm. that can change a game that's enough you don't need an entire bench full of superstars yeah. you just need three or four or four <laughs> or five so yeah um, Naby Keita has been struggling for Liverpool um, since he signed um, I know that you know the guy I worked with, Simon. He's not his biggest fan. I think he's flattered to deceive a little bit. Perhaps hasn't been the player that they thought they were getting. But just just recently, last couple of games, getting on the score sheet a few mm. times. Mm. He was really good in this game. Are we beginning just to start to see that player creep in?
2: Yeah, he had a good Hopefully game
1: if he gets to play.
2: Yeah, um, I think it will get more game time. Obviously, um, Harvey Elliott's out, isn't he? Yeah, um, and Henderson seems to be. Sort of being left out a bit more, and obviously times. him and
0: Milner are getting on a bit. Injuries yeah. are going to creep in, so he's yeah. going to get more games. How still, is I think... Milner still playing? <laughs> well, I mean, this goes back to the thing about the interchanging of positions <laughs> and yeah. the people just come in. He's been he's played left back, played right back, he's been centre midfield, and he just does a job. He mm. just gets on with it and does yeah. knows his role. It's it's incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, and obviously there's a so Wijnaldum who's mm. not doing so well down at PSG. No. Um, he's probably regretting his decision a little bit. I should think. But yeah, no, I think this is going to be one hell of a title race with Liverpool and Mm. City and Chelsea this year. Mm. Right, we are going to head to a break and when we come back we'll get into the uh, segment from Will before we talk a couple more Premier League games. See you in a minute. Hey everybody and welcome back to the show. As always, we're going to get into the section from uh, Will from the Rugby Blindside where he talks about the world of football.
4: Hello, everybody. Um, I'm very happy to report some good news this week. Um, a consortium headed by supporters group EST1885 have entered into a period of exclusivity to buy Berry FC and their home Gig Lane. Uh, this story dates back to August 2019 when Bury FC were expelled from the EFL and then placed into administration in November 2020. And they've been looking for salvation ever since. Um, After Bury FC were expelled from the English Football League, supporters had formed a separate club, Bury AFC, who were admitted into the 10th tier of English football and have competed there. So I think the same will happen for Bury FC if this deal goes through as well. In a statement from EST1885, uh, they said, we believe we can achieve much of what is needed in the short to medium term with grants, donations and volunteers. Again, keeping the club debt-free and enabling funds to be funneled back into the team. This would allow us to make Gig Lane a multi-use community asset that we can be all proud of and hopefully a platform for unification of football in Berry." This is obviously all great news if the deal can go ahead. And this is actually quite a strange deal compared to other takeovers that have happened in the past where the football club doesn't technically exist at the moment so what the supporters club are doing is buying the history of Berry Football Club as well as uh, the badge, all the trading rights that goes with that and then they're buying Gig Lane um, in a completely separate deal as well so it's not like a normal takeover bid where there is a fee paid to a football club that is already in operation. This is completely different but exciting for the fans of Berry FC. The club is currently being run by administrators and the administrator Stephen Wiseglass is also positive that this deal should go ahead. Uh, He stated that the party involved wants to restart Berry and get it back into the leagues and running as it should be. They've got until the end of November to sign the contracts and I'm hoping we should be in a position to complete the sale by the end of the year. Once the money comes in, it will be used to pay the existing debts and the club will be debt free. If they can get everything sorted that they need to, then I would be extremely hopeful they will be back in the league pyramid next season. So this is obviously great news for fans of Berry FC and it could be a fresh start and an opportunity for them to breathe life into a community where football is a massive way of life. So it's great to report some good news this week. Thanks again and I'll be back next week for some more stories in football.
0: Thank you very much for that, Will. As always. Um yeah, that's a huge bit of news, isn't it, for Bury yeah. fans. Um the very fact that they're coming back effectively as the team that it was, as uh, Will alluded to, it's not a usual takeover deal because it's not an owner in place, it's administrators. But the fact that they're buying everything that they need to effectively carry on mm. the club's history, albeit that they'll have to probably go down the leagues a little bit. They won't I don't know, they were league two, I think, weren't they? they league one. They were League One, yeah. so I suspect they'll probably end up in like the National League, maybe around there. Yeah. Um, but for the fans and the local community, that is absolutely huge—the fact that they're going to get their team back. Um, I don't, I can't, I can't remember. We've we literally just listened to it. I'm fairly certain because Pete mentioned this to me as well that they are doing the 51% thing that Germany right. German clubs yeah. do. Yeah. So the club will be 51% fan owned um that is huge because that'd be the first club that i know of anyway over here that runs in that way mm. um and they'll be debt free they'll be run hopefully a lot better than they previously were yeah um and if this model works it might just be the catalyst for other clubs to yeah. uh, to adopt the same structure yeah
2: i think it'd be good actually i think more fan-owned clubs would be a good thing going forward. Can it be
0: a good thing? No, absolutely. Right, okay. um, More from Will next week as always. Let's talk Arsenal-Aston Villa because, I mean, what a difference a few weeks can make. I mean, Arsenal were absolutely horrendous at the start of the season. (laughs) We absolutely slated them on the show. Um, They looked devoid of a plan. They were devoid of confidence. Arteta looked like a dead man walking. And now, I mean, after this game on, on Friday night against Villa, I know they... They weren't brilliant against Palace and managed to get away with a draw. Um, but credit to Arteta and the players. I mean, the way they're, they're, they've bounced back... I mean, they've not lost now since the 28th of August, which was the 5-0 against City. Yeah. They've not lost mm. in all competitions since then. To um, be fair, I never doubted them. Yeah, no, me neither. We, we always had confidence, didn't we? Big
1: lovers of Arsenal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this game on Friday, this could have been anything Arsenal wanted to. Mm. They were that good in the first half. They absolutely blew... Aston Villa to pieces. Um, I mean, wh- wh- who? How do I? How, who's impressed you the most in this Arsenal team? Do you, do you do you think that Arteta deserves the most praise? Is it the players that have turned it up? Uh, both, to be honest. I think Arteta, he did weather weather
2: weather, weather storm. that storm. Yeah, because uh, he was under a lot of pressure, and you know they were the laughing stock at the start of the season. Yeah, um, and he did look fairly broken at the start of the season, yeah. but he stuck with. You know what he believed in, and now you're he, sort of seeing what that is. And they are starting to look like a, a hard team to beat.
0: And they're, they're looking like a team, yeah. more importantly, aren't they? I mean, Thomas Party being fit and again playing is it's no coincidence that he's now back in the team and mm. things have improved. Um, Smith, Rowan, Sacken or the other youngsters. They've got. Um, Oh, I can't remember what the name of the, the two fullbacks they've got. Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu has been superb. Um, Tini, I think, is injured. There was another guy who played on the oh, left.
2: T- Taveras. That's the one. He yeah, was superb yeah. on Friday. Yeah. Um, Ramsdale's been an improvement in golf.
0: Yeah. And he's even getting a tune out of Abamyang. Yeah. Um, which is something that we thought was dead and buried. We thought Abamyang had effectively doing mm. not quite an Urzil and downing tools, but, you know, not far off it. And he you know he's now scoring goals. He's still not quite performing to the same level we've seen in previous seasons, but he's he's scoring goals, he looks interested, he looks up mm. for it. Um and yeah, massive credit to Arsenal because they looked like a team that was gonna get nowhere near you know Europe that could be top ten at absolute yeah. best. Yeah. And now they look like a team that you know we've, we talked about earlier, with the top four potentially being open in one spot, you know, yeah. Arsenal could be there or thereabouts in the season Definitely. if they keep this up. Yeah. Um what about uh, you know these youngsters? Do you think that Smith Rowe might be an outside chance for the World Cup next year?
2: Um, yeah, on current form. Um, funny as well because he was playing the team that were trying to buy him. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, on current form. The, I mean, the England squad's looking so good, so yeah. strong.
0: I mean, just I mean, just touching on on the I mean, Arsenal and Chelsea as well. Historically, not that long ago, have been ridiculed for all the foreigners in their team are mm. not playing any England players. Chelsea had in the 14 players that played on Saturday, half of them were English. Yeah. So they used seven players. All every single one of them other than uh is chalaba English yeah. he is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Every single one of those have been capped at full international over outside of chalaba mm. who I think is capped at youth level. Arsenal have got Saka in the England team. They've got yeah. Smith Rowe playing. You know, the the you know is there's been a well, real can, I mean, dynamic shift in, in use of English players? In this City country.
2: have got like Foden, they've got Kyle Walker, they've Stones. got um, Stones. That that Palmer came in. Um, he's Sterling. a youngster. Yeah. Sterling. They've got quite a few. Spurs got quite a few. United have got Greenwood, Wambasaka, Maguire, Rash- Rashford. Rashford. Sure. So Sunshine. all the top teams have got five or six English players that are. Starting 11 players, which yeah. is great Well, That's it.
1: We've won the World Cup.
0: Well, I mean, I know you, we joke about it, but... <laughs> no Italians, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, it should be no surprise that all of a sudden the England team has improved over the last mm. six or seven years because yeah. there are more players playing at the top level in English football. Mm. Um, and Arsenal you know, are one of the teams that are, that are helping that. So... Um, in contrast, though, we are going to get through some of these games a little bit quicker just because uh, we don't want this show to run on too long. Um, Aston Villa, though, the issues continue to build up on them. They're, they are struggling for form. Are you surprised at the struggles that they've had this season? I am, to be fair, because
2: I thought with the players they brought in, I know Grealish is a big loss, but I thought the way they acted, you know, they, they sort of made the moves before they sold Grealish and brought in all these players. It, it was like they'd drawn up a plan of exactly what they were going to do. They went out and got every player they wanted to get. And I really thought that they'd be pushing for Europa League this season. I thought they'd be last season's West Ham. Yeah. Um, but it just, for some reason, they've just been so up and down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, and they seem to be, they seem to switch off for moments in games. You know, they switched off for that sort of 10 15 minute period against Wolves and they threw away a 2 0 lead. Um, they were switched off for a large portion of this game on Friday they did yeah. they did come roaring back in the second half um, and rallied and got the goal it was a really good goal from uh, Ramsey I think it was yeah um, I said Fran it's a shame you score a goal like that and it means, means nothing means nothing means at all um, so yeah and they, they did have one or two other chances they looked like they would you know if they got a second goal that could have easily been a very squeaky bum time end of that game yeah. for Arsenal um, but yeah so they've got a lot of hard work ahead of them and um, if they had gone in at one nil, it might have been different. What did you think about the VAR decision here? Because in a quite unfortunate set of circumstances, mm-hmm. if you're a Villa fan, half-time whistle goes, and then VAR has a little look at the penalty, and then they, they take the penalty. Yeah. What, what did you think of the penalty decision itself? Um, do you, I mean, I can see why it was given, but do you think it's one of those ones that you're surprised it was given? Because it, yeah. it wasn't as clear and obvious, which is obviously the M.O.,
2: yeah, I've, well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's the clear and obvious again. I mean, what is clear and obvious? Because some some different games, I'm like, sort of, well, I can see why. And then other games, I'm like, well, I'm surprised they've given that. It's, mm. To me, it's never clear and obvious. It's, well,
1: I guess is it? it's never clear and obvious what they're going to do. I yeah, guess yeah, on VAR... Yeah, obviously, on if, VAR, like, the pulpit, to me, that was yeah, clear
2: and obvious. Like with but. the
1: lines and stuff, it is super clear. But I guess it is... Uh, it's when it's not the lines it? it is always it is always what someone thinks mm. at the end of the day
0: mm. it's someone's perception of the rule isn't yeah. it it's yeah. what, well, one yeah. person one referee even though they're all top quality referees to get to that level um it's their interpretation of what is what well, is yeah, a foul. You
1: can have all types of rules and all the video yeah. you want, but it is ultimately down to a human being. Yeah,
0: exactly. There, there's no, there's no sort of black and white line with with Not fouls. Like offside, Not yeah. like with, as you say, with offsides and, and that sort of thing. There is always this interpretation. Um, and of course, the other sort of slight question mark. And I, I was with Dean Smith on this, and he talked about this after the game. When um, when the halftime whistle goes, um, and you come back. My understanding was is that you take the penalty and that's that. If The keeper saves it, yeah, game's dead. Blow, yeah. You blow up. So he was really surprised and apparently didn't get any kind of explanation from the referee as to why Aubameyang was allowed to then score the rebound. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and the fact that the referees weren't able to give him any kind of explanation sort of suggests He shouldn't have been allowed. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe shouldn't have been allowed. Um. So I feel for him a little bit. I think there.
2: that's one of those moments where, as a referee, you're like shit yeah
0: <laughs> but I mean they've got VAR in their ear could he not could the VAR just tell them no you can't do that it needs to be uh, cancelled out I mean it, mm-hmm. because that was the end of the first half surely it wouldn't yeah. have been that difficult to say no it's not a goal but no, yeah. he'll know. exactly um, hard work ahead for Villa they got a um, tough game against West Ham next weekend they were obviously flying at the moment um, what <laughs> don't don't no don't do that with me we're, we're doing really well just because you support a shit team yeah um, <laughs> But they've also I got. I thought you
2: were saying it as a joke. You're deadly serious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Who is this bloke? We're fourth in the league, mate. <laughs> um, but they've also got games against Southampton, Brighton, and Palace coming up. So those games are going to be vital um, for for Villa to so try and find some form and get their season really going. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: Brighton are up there. They're like fifth at the moment, I think, aren't they? So
0: yeah, they they made themselves very they're very hard to beat anyway. Yeah, um, they've got a very good coach. Fantastic start of the season for them. Southampton and they're doing okay they've had a tough start of the season fixture wise as well and Palace are beginning to find a little bit of uh, uh, not necessarily form but they're beginning to get to grips with what Vieira wants them to do so they're becoming harder to beat Mm. they gave Arsenal a really good game Um, probably can count as unlucky to not beat Newcastle at the weekend after Wilson's amazing overhead kick so yeah but it's going to be hard work for Villa you know it's it, you know, there's the mid-table area of the Premier League now. It's quite difficult to kind of call. I mean, it makes doing accumulators on a Saturday freaking yeah, impossible because yeah. you just can't call it. So, right, let's um, let's move on to Everton against Watford. I mean, who saw this result coming? It,
1: not even in the first half would you have seen that coming. Like Everton at the start were all over Watford as well. Mm. How on earth it ended up five two?
0: Especially as it was two one with ten minutes to go. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah.
1: absolutely ridiculous.
0: I Amazing. Mean, Rafa was just, you could see he was almost lost for words. He looked mm. a bit like
1: Ollie. <laughs> yeah, he did, like completely <laughs>
0: yeah. c- confused Formless. and yeah, just completely unable to explain the capitulation that happens. Um, I mean, Everton in the middle of you know, they've had back-to-back home losses now. Um, Benitez is going to need to solve this quickly because he was already a fairly unpopular appointment anyway because yeah. he was linked with Liverpool. So anytime there's an opportunity for Everton fans to pile in on him, they're going to take it. So he cannot allow this kind of bad form to, to, to build up because it's going to apply more pressure because of those Liverpool mm. links.
3: Um,
0: I have seen um, some talk about, uh, I know with the head injuries as well, so Calvert-Lewin, Decore, Richardson's only just come back, Andre yeah. Gomez is still out. But I have seen some talk about, actually, is Benitez, perhaps he needs to be given a little bit more leeway because he's inherited a fairly unbalanced squad that's a result of some fairly stupid spending from previous mm. managers mm. Um and Benitez is having to sort of pick up the scraps here a little bit so does he yeah, need he needs needs a little bit more credit for the start he's had this season yeah well he only spent 1.5
2: million didn't he in the transfer window which yeah. I don't know if that's that was intended or if that's just because they didn't have the money to spend
1: has he managed them from the start of the season yeah yeah. yeah,
0: he's yeah. Been well they're the not season. that bad they're like they're in the top 10 aren't they yeah I mean recently they were they were top 6 until yeah. the last couple
2: well, of I games think, you know a, a team like Everton need to be up there fighting for Europe, really. Yeah, Um, that's the expectation is going on the club. They keep having these starts where they start off really strong and you're thinking, oh, Everton are going to be involved this year and then they go on runs like this where they just slowly start to sort of dither and drop a Mm. bit and it's the same under Ancelotti.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Ancelotti, he was brought in as this amazing manager and he actually ended up finishing 12th and 10th mm. with the team that they had. Yeah. Um Calvert was obviously a huge miss for them. He's had a setback in training. Apparently he might be out for another month. Yeah. Um, Decore is set for an a extended spin on the sidelines and he's been massive for, for my Premier League, Fantasy League team as well as Everton. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I do
1: think, although Everton won at their best and obviously Watford had a good game, like Watford were literally all guns blazing, like going to do it. And I think Josh King was just going to try and smash him whatever happened. I think he like, went out
2: there with a point to prove. He did. Didn't he? Well,
1: he said yeah. it in his post-match interview like yeah. he did. And I think if he plays like that every week then good on him that like, he needs to do that, but I don't think in his head I think Watford was always
0: going to win.
2: I saw so many videos of Everton fans before the game saying you He's know gonna Josh score. King's going
0: to score. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean he, he only played 11 substitute appearances. He didn't start a single Premier like League game for them.
1: 36 minutes or something he played. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and we, we raised eyebrows when he went there anyway, because I think West Ham were after him. Was one six month contract as well, very strange. Re- I mean, I've not heard ever of a player really? going to a club, unless it's on a loan, mm-hmm. yeah. on such a short term contract. Um, so they obviously didn't have a great deal of faith in him yeah. anyway. Um, and yeah, he just. That scores. must
1: have felt amazing
0: him yeah I mean yeah. the first goal was a bit scrappy VAR needed to uh, get involved to, yeah. to get that one through but the second two goals from Josh King were absolutely think, brilliant mm-hmm. weren't they the composure mm-hmm. to turn the players Skip inside out and
2: I, lo- I, I think I said it last week I love goals where they fake the shot and the defender just goes sliding yeah. past mm-hmm. and just sit him down yeah. but then who scored their last goal because he had
1: loads of had uh, Dennis. Dennis yeah, yeah. he yeah. had the same like, yeah, composure similar. on the ball
0: yeah. I mean, it, it really is amazing isn't it four goals in the last ten minutes um, and you know you could you could literally feel the anger in the Everton Stadium growing as yeah. each goal went in.
1: The the pop when Watford scored was beautiful. Yeah, from the fans.
0: I think my favourite goal was probably Josh King's second, because the the guy, I don't know who it was who passed it. It might have been Dennis again. And he passed the ball to Josh King. You could see the overload was there. The pass was on, but he battered that ball into into Josh King, mm. and it was a, quite an awkward height to control mm. it with, with his weaker foot. But it was the most perfect first touch and his finish was brilliant. If he doesn't get that first touch perfect, he doesn't get that, that goal because mm-hmm. the defender is right there. Pickford's coming out. But it was so perfect for a player who's not scored in had God knows how long, mm-hmm. barely kicked yeah, a barely Patrick. kicked a football, yeah. to do that was, was outstanding. There was a lot of actually at the weekend wasn't there. There was three, I think. Did this we even weekend, talk about Mason hat trick?
1: Mason Mount Salah, Salah and
0: then and Josh, King. Josh King. No, we gave Chelsea enough props today Joe should be happy yeah talked about them first we spoke about Liverpool enough tonight <laughs> um, so yeah uh, awesome for, uh, for, for for Watford especially given that you know Ranieri last, last weekend see his
1: thing on match of the day when they were like you know technically in the books your season started last week but are you going to say it started this week and he was like I don't remember last <laughs> week.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to love Ranieri. But I mean, you know, after last week, a lot of people were still raising eyebrows about, you know, was this the right decision to sack the last manager? Bearing the money didn't really do a but great But also, they fucking
1: played Liverpool last weekend. Like, give them a bit of a break.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just yeah. I mean, it put, I suppose this weekend's result puts it into perspective yeah. a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, I uh, just reminded. Uh, so somebody just sent me an, an amazing stat about Watford. Um, Watford's last five Premier League away wins have come under five different managers. How about that for really? a sec? So not only does that show how poor their away form is, but it also shows how often they change manager. So mm. the last five away wins in the Premier League have come under uh, Gracia, Sanchez-Flores, uh, Pearson, Munoz, which I think was the last guy, and Ranieri. So, yeah, quite, quite mm. an incredible <laughs> statistic, that one. Uh, and we finished tonight with West Ham Tottenham, little London derby, kickabout derby at the London Stadium. A narrow victory for West Ham, but I think ultimately a deserving one in the end. Um, Spurs looks rather toothless in this game again which is surprising because I must admit part of me was quite worried about this game just because of Kane yeah. just because of what Kane did at Newcastle I thought is that the spark that's going to yeah, get Kane going I th- this I year that. Mm. might
2: be the floodgates open and,
0: uh. I mean I should probably take the blame for that because I put Kane in my fantasy league yeah, team so, so, did so I. I'm probably the reason it didn't happen <laughs> idiots <laughs> I mean it worked out perfectly
1: but I just don't, I still agree with what I said before like, I just don't think they have a plan or a goal or I don't think I don't think any of the players know what they're aiming for mm. I don't even think the manager knows what he's aiming for
0: I mean after after the game uh, Nuno said that we were the better team honestly I think we controlled the game we had chances we had possession West Ham are a good team but they only created chances on the counter-attacks and set pieces we played better but this is football
1: yeah but none of that matters if you're not getting the ball in the back of the net yeah
0: exactly that. and in the second half I mean, I'm not sure, not entirely sure which game he's watching. The second half, <laughs> they had nine touches in the opposition box, zero shots, and 66% possession. So they had all the ball, but did absolutely mm. nothing with it. So I don't really understand. Well, I only why saw he thinks- two chances on match of the day from
2: Spurs, and that was the Harry Kane header that Fabianski tipped over. Yeah, and the Lucas Moura one where Son asked for it back, and Lucas Moura tried to hit it on the turn. And
0: yeah, there was one other uh, from Son where he was played through by I don't know who it was. Um, but he rather got the ball stuck under his feet, and it was a very yeah, effort. And
2: then he passed it to Lucas Moura.
0: No, well, the one I'm talking about—he actually had a shot which Fabianski saved. But I watched it. This was on uh, Sky Sports highlights. Oh, maybe okay. BBC didn't cover it. I'd be surprised that they didn't. But, um, but yeah, it was just really odd. I mean, you know, we we talk about Kane again. You know, he's been dropping deep all over the place to try and uh, to try and influence the game, but he was fairly non-existent for large periods of that game again. Just 35 touches of the ball for Kane which bearing in mind how how deep he's dropping to get the ball, it was the Mm. fewest touches of any Tottenham player. Um, It's just, it's quite incredible. Um, And I'm going to pose the question to you guys as well. So I saw this on TalkSport where they asked the question to Trevor Sinclair, I think it was. Um, Right now, who is worth more money, Declan Rice or Harry Kane? Declan Rice. If you're
1: Uh, looking at just game time and what... Not anything else. If you're literally just looking at how their form at the moment and their game time, I'd probably say that than
2: Yeah, I mean, if you were to just purely go on...
1: Just on that. ...form...
2: Declan Rice, but I mean, Everything if you were to put both players happening. on the transfer market, Harry Kane would go for more money.
0: You still think he would go for more yeah. money? Yeah. Interesting. Do you not think that um, he's. Do you think his current form is actually devaluing him a little bit, or do you think it's, his value is still holding because
2: of his not, previous, I think, previous
1: I mean, he's record. not doing himself any favours. Because he's
2: hard. owned by Daniel Levy, I don't think his value will be able <laughs> to go down.
0: He could literally snap his leg in half and yeah. Levy would still want 150 yeah. million yeah. for him.
2: Um, but yeah, he's not doing. Well, I guess he is doing himself favours, isn't he? If he wants to leave.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but again, who is he going to... we talked about this before. Where is he going to go? Um, I think the boat has uh, boat has gone for that, do you think? I don't think... I think yes, they'll come it? back in again.
1: Well, why would they like want it? It depends if they go after
0: Haaland. If they get Haaland, no. If they get Haaland, no. but... which I suspect they're going to at least try, then no. If they don't get Haaland, then yes, I think they'll come back in for him. Yeah, I don't
2: think there's any other... There's no other club in the world that would spend on Harry Kane I think is no, it not think about Real Madrid I don't think can afford him
0: no um,
2: PSG don't need a strong well I mean Man United less,
0: might need him in a year or two's time yeah. when Cavani and whatever go depending on what they do with Greenwood and Rashford yeah, um, if Mbappe
2: goes to Real Madrid maybe PSG but does Harry Kane want to leave the Premier League I don't know no who knows
0: um yeah, we talked about um, Spurs with Man um, about the importance of that game next week. Um, West Ham, though, they're up to fourth now. They've sort of quietly gone about their business a little bit. Obviously, maybe not on this show, because of being a West Ham fan, say, I tend to yeah, talk about them. But, but in general, in the media, you don't really hear a lot talked about with West Ham, do you? No. no. Yeah. Do you think that sort of suits them? Yeah. Go under the radar, There's just no do you think
1: like that, is there? You
0: just sort of get on with your own business. Yeah. Dare I say it, is it because of the, how <laughs> is it because of how well West Ham have been over the last season or two that there has the expectation levels have changed a bit? That West Ham are now seen as a side. Everyone now seems to assume that West Ham are going to be in the mix for Europa League. So is it has it now become a, almost an expectation that West Ham are going to win more often than they don't? Therefore, when they do win, nobody talks about it.
2: Yeah, because I think um, it was the same with Leicester when they won the Premier League. They were almost expected to start getting into the Champions League every season and they still are I mean when you know when Leicester fall out of the Champions League places everyone you know it's a conversation isn't it whereas you're thinking you've got Chelsea Liverpool United Spurs you know there shouldn't be room for Leicester in that Champions League place Um, so I think it is the same with West Ham they're now considered you know like the sort of Leicester yeah. Um, whereas they should be fighting for those places.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the feel-good factor at West Ham is as good as I can remember in, in my lifetime. Mm. Um, I think the squad of players we've got, we've made some really good additions. I think Kurt Zuma has proved to be a really shrewd signing. Uh, mm. It seems to have not affected Chelsea, which is good for them, that they've not let someone go to her. A, to a- Left it all
2: very last minute, all your signings.
0: Yeah, we did, which was a, a, a concern because often that can lead to panic purchases. Yeah. Mm. Um, but actually... You know David Moyes has done it again really the only one who's not really done a great deal so far is Vlasic yeah um, but he's still fairly young so there's still time for, for him to change that um so and I just wanted to touch on David Moyes he took over West Ham when he was 17th he's guided them to record Premier League uh, points totals um, in 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 the two years he's been with us uh, we're top of our Europa League group um, we've won all three games and conceded none um, and we have the highest, he has the highest win percentage rate of any West Ham manager uh, who has managed for at least one season. So, do we need to therefore put a bit more respect on David Moyes' name with that sort of record? Do you think he's sort of been a bit underrated?
2: Um, I think he's done a good job at West Ham. Um, I think his previous jobs, obviously, he didn't really do very well, so.
0: Do you think, and I'm playing very much devil's advocate here, when you see Van Gaal, Mourinho, uh, Solskjaer, all being given a reasonable amount of time, especially Solskjaer's been there for three years now, mm. do you think David Moyes given only 10 months, do you think that was a bit unfair to not give him a bit more, or do you think it, that job just came a bit too early for him?
2: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he picked up a, a poor team. Yeah. Um trance the players he brought in didn't really help him no Um, I think at the time he deserved to be sacked to be honest but you know maybe it was a bit harsh that he was only given 10 months I think like you say it was maybe just wrong place wrong time really
0: yeah I mean for West Ham so 13 games 9 wins 2 draws 2 losses in all competitions Uh, 24 goals scored 10 conceded 7 clean sheets Uh, not bad at all so um just to, to to wrap things up before we move on to the final part of the show um, do you think this is West Ham's best opportunity to win a trophy be it a League Cup FA Cup I mean dare I say Europa League I don't think we will but you know when you're playing this well I and mean, you look at Leicester they've capitalised yeah. on it they've won an FA Cup um, they obviously won the Premier League that was a bit mm. out of the blue but they've won a Community Shield and I'm, even though the big teams won't count it I'm sure Leicester will which yeah. you know is within their rights to do so yeah. so I just wonder if this you know West Ham really need to you know strike while the iron's hot sort of thing and really go for a trophy I think so I think you've got quite a, a strong enough squad to win something this year mm. so I mean whatever happens I mean West David Moyes um, <laughs> despite all my sort of concerns about him when he first came in um, he has been a breath of fresh air and he's been the best thing since uh, for a Slash long time since sliced spread yeah he's, he's definitely the best manager he's brought the best feeling to the club since I've been a West Ham fan in in my lifetime, um, and he is from the owner's point of view, my god, is he helped bail the owners out because yeah. mm. the owners have been under the spotlight for a long time. Um, but Moyes has effectively, in, a, in the same way that main artist owners have done with the transfer business, taking the pressure off themselves. Yeah. Moyes has taken the pressure away from the owners. Yeah. But if things do go south at any point, which you know can easily happen, it's going to be the owners that are going to bear the brunt of it again, which, yeah. is, which is annoying because they're still shit owners. <laughs> so it's not like they should be forgotten. But um, anyway, right, let's move on. Um, we will start to round out the show and we'll start with this. Then the stat, man.
2: All of Antonio's Premier League goals have been scored from inside the penalty area with only two players managing more goals in the competition with 100% of them coming from inside the box.
0: One of them is Chikorito. It is. Um, The other one I'm sure I've heard this name from I think it's is it Tim Cahill? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah so yeah that stat has been thrown around a few times mainly because um, Tim K was been on match a day once or twice so they often, yeah. they often use that as an example uh, right well currently 6-4 to me yeah. it's time to get into this
1: Welcome back to Football with Fran. Um, do we know who started last week or what? Or I does anyone got dibs? I believe on you it
0: was Dan, tonight? yeah. Was I, it? I can't
2: remember You <laughs> started last week. Well, you started to start with, didn't you?
0: Because it was, I'm sure it was you last week, just because the week before we made the big point about the fact that I won it on the serve, yeah. So, yeah, I think it is. So, good. I think it's me. You
1: start, okay, yeah. First player is Fernando. Morientes.
0: And the Morientes, okay. Eight
1: teams. There's a strong LMA
0: theme this oh, week. Oh, I see. Oh, I like it.
1: I'd love to claim it, but it was very much Pete's
0: idea. <laughs> um, does that mean you're going to get Oddie Driselba <laughs> for <laughs> one of your players? Uh, right, Morientes. I will start the bidding no off. No,
2: Pete, probably.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to start the bidding off at Four.
1: Right, done. Who's it?
2: Are you bloody? <blatter. laughs> I think I could do four, I don't know if I can do five. Was he on? And he's done, he played for eight.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, it's really annoying. I wish he'd said three, I'd have been really confident with four. It's one of the, I don't know whether to risk it or let you go for it. I'll let you go for it. I don't think I can do for it. Okay.
0: Liverpool.
1: Yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah. Valencia. Yeah.
0: And this is a bit less in the dark. this one. I'm going to say Atletico Madrid. No. Damn. I'd have said Monaco.
1: You would have been correct.
0: Wow. So it was a slight bluff. Yeah. But I thought it was a... So I thought there was there was three obvious ones so I didn't want to say three and then you go four and then I'll be stuffed.
2: That's um. the only thing like like because obviously I I knew I couldn't do five so it's one of those.
1: (laughs) Uh, Dan, Gary Speed played for five teams.
2: Five teams.
1: Five teams. Between the years of 1988 to 2010.
0: The late, great Gary Speed. Mm. Any thoughts? Two. (laughs) I'll try three, because I think the two are fairly obvious, I think. Can you four? No. Okay. Uh, Newcastle. Mm. Bolton. Mm. The third one. Aston Villa? No. Damn it. Oh, I'm oh sure. I didn't
1: play. I didn't say the other guys play. Well, teams? But anyway, this one: Leeds, Everton, Leeds. Newcastle, Bolton Wanderers, Sheffield United.
0: Damn it! No. Should have known Leeds. Go uh, Gordon do You want to go back and quickly do Mauriantez and who you played for?
1: Uh, for yes.
0: completionism.
1: I close the tab, So give me. Oh,
0: a, my daughter's crying.
1: Give me a hot minute.
2: His dad's gonna lose. <laughs> yeah, she can <laughs> feel
1: it. <Yeah. laughs> um, I'll. Albacete. Okay. Zaragoza.
0: Zaragoza, yeah, Spanish.
1: Real Madrid, Monaco, Liverpool, Valencia, Marseille, Santa Ana. Santa Ana. There you go. Um, Right, where are we?
0: Uh, It's back to me, yeah.
1: I need to win this one.
2: Yeah, I've got one in three chances.
1: (laughs) Yeah, don't cock it up. Well, it was mentioned. Giovanni Elba. Oh son of a bitch. Six. Can
0: I say money can I say money can I say money, I say money city? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't even know where you bought him from. Um do you know where you bought him from?
2: I I kind of know because I looked up ages ago. I was just curious who he played for. Oh man. I've just got to try and
0: remember who they were
1: six teams
0: can I bid zero (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'll bid one and I'll take a stab in the dark I don't know oh
2: I think I could do
0: you could
1: just let Chris yeah I mean
2: well I'll say two
1: will you
2: no I'll say three Three, yeah, I could do three. Some all what yours, it? pal. Yeah,
0: what's wrong
1: with you? Why would you not have just he, said two?
0: Well, you? I've got a one in three chance. I'm pretty sure I know. He wants to get, he wants to go out with a bang. I mean, that's ballsy. If you if you go for three and you could have gone two and you get this wrong, I'm pretty sure he played for mainly German teams. I mean, that's a relief that you've done that because I was going to go Spanish team. So, yeah, all yours, mate. I think
1: you've caught this up, pal.
0: Oh, completely <laughs> wrong.
2: You've made me worried now.
1: <laughs> well, I'm worried.
2: By Munich. Yeah. Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah. And Stuttgart.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a man who's been reading too much Wikipedia in his spare time. <laughs>
1: Smashed it. Well done.
0: There you go. Well, he's got it back to six five then. Six five. Now I'm playing yeah. for pride yeah. tonight.
1: Well done, Daniel.
0: Um, why did, did you look at? did you look him up? Because we When
2: bought, we put, play playing LMA, I had no idea who he was, to be honest. Oh, okay. So I googled him and
0: So you've just literally remembered who he was. I just for. remembered, yeah. Um Chris. Dan, Dan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Richard, Dunn. <laughs> Richard Dunn.
2: Richard Dunn, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Four teams.
2: It's me, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Two. I could do three. I'll let you do three. Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh Man City. Oh yeah QPR
1: yeah and Aston Villa yeah the last one's Everton it's
0: not a whitewash take
1: it <laughs> um, also I keep forgetting Giovanni Elba the other teams were Milan Grasshopper
0: Grasshoppers yes.
2: Grasshoppers, Zurich yeah
1: Stuttgart Bayern Munich Lyon yeah the one that you said, Borussia, blah, blah, blah. And Cruz... Cruzero. Cruzero.
0: Brazilian
1: Um And then the last one is Ricardo Vazte.
0: Vaz-te. Ricardo Vazte. You should El- do well on this one. Yeah.
1: Eleven.
0: <laughs> Eleven? Jesus Christ.
1: Eleven. <gasps> I can probably pronounce about three of
0: them. <laughs> um, it's enjoyable. I will go... Or
1: Chris, the podcast, so... Yeah, I don't think I
0: can do
2: five,
1: so
0: I'll let you All know. right, go on then, Chris. Right, West Ham. Yeah. Bolton. Yeah. I'm trying... sorry, have you got... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm trying to think of the team that he went to West Ham from. I think it was Barnsley. No. Fuck, who was it? Who was the, champion? Who was the team before West Ham.
1: Oh, oh, sorry. Before, yeah, sorry. I thought you said after. Yeah, no, before it was Barnsley. It was Barnsley. Sorry. Okay, good. Sorry. And
0: then the last one, um, I, he definitely played in Portugal, so I'm going to say Sporting Lisbon. No, ah, that was, was it Charlton?
1: Yeah, Charlton. Oh, oh, it was. Was it okay? So bottom wanderers Hull, Pan Panion Pan, Penny.
0: Uh, Pani and Onius do me a solid do you want me to do these you just read them Hibernian Barnsley West Brom Akisar Bela I'm taking that Uh, Charlton (laughs) Athletic what is with these teams Uh, Charlton Athletic then back to that team that I couldn't pronounce just now Chinese team yeah (laughs) Henin Jianyi Qingdao Huanghai and Portimonense. I mean this is (laughs) these are just made up teams aren't they (laughs) Um, yeah my god well done, Dan. 4-1. 4-1 victory. Lot, a lot of scores are 4-1 at the moment. Yeah, yeah, again, they? We've, we haven't had too many 3-2s yeah. or 5-0s. It's always
2: 4-1. Right, so 6-5 back then. It. That could have been very damning for me. If
0: yeah. I had and it's uh, back on your serve yeah. to make it 6-0 next week. Um, excellent. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We are going to head off and we will see you all next week.
3: Bye-bye. Bye.